0: Welcome to episode eight of the Dead 3 Coaching Podcast. My name is George and I'm your host for this podcast. Hope you're doing well and had a great week. This is our Friday release and it's uh, getting out a little bit later than normal, but I uh, hope you still find time this weekend or today to, to watch this. Again, always start off with an appreciation for those that have been listening and providing some feedback, connecting with me on LinkedIn. And I really appreciate, uh, you know, the comments that we've been going back and forth. Again, the ask I have is if you could like or share this. Um, I got a great message from somebody last week that um, started listening to the podcast, somebody I do not know. And they, they got it via a share from somebody uh, that shared it with them. So really appreciate all the support that uh, initially my community, my people here uh, in the St. Louis area have given me. And the podcast, and uh, we're actually now branching out. It's interesting how the analytics on podcasts work. You know, I think you know, 98% of it is obviously here in the states, although we're it looks like we're big in Germany, right? So I mean we have people in Germany and in the UK and Ireland and the Philippines that have listened to the podcast, and um, but even in the states here, about 50% seems to be in the Missouri area and A number of other states. So, uh, you know, Texas and those people, uh, you know, I have some friends in some different areas that are continuing to support this. So thank you on that. I started my watch here. I'm in a basement. One of my goals for last year that didn't get done was to finish our basement. I am sitting in here in a a basement that has now been officially drywalled and we have mutters and tapers over here in the next hour or so. So um, we're definitely making some uh, movement on our Unfinished basement where we record the podcast, and uh, we may be a year late with some of this work, but it, we're definitely uh, moving forward and getting it done. So as long as uh, we continue to move right, and so I was figuring out the content for this, or what I wanted to speak on today, or what has been uh, impacted me or resonated with me over the past week and all that, and and I literally just listened to this, and I left my notebook upstairs when I was listening to this uh, podcast. There's a um, um, uh, games with names podcast. Um, and I be- I don't know the gentleman's name. He's a uh, he's a reporter. I've seen him on ESPN before, I believe. But it was definitely a, a co-host with Julian Edelman. And uh, Julian Edelman is a wide receiver since retired that played for many years with Tom Brady and with the New England Patriots. So these guys have a podcast. I didn't know about it. Haven't heard about it before. Stumbled across it when I was uh, listening to some YouTube shorts this morning. And um, it was... He said some really cool things. Uh, Julian Edelman did. So he was, you know, describing, and this this hit me a little bit. And I'm wondering how this might hit you. And it's a great lesson for for professionals, um, and definitely young athletes and athletes in general. Um, and it really impacted me in kind of thinking about what I do professionally, and where I work, and um, where I've worked in the past, and where I hope to be in um you know the next five years you know i'm turning 50 here shortly so what's 55 and 60 and 65 and what you know 15 20 more years of this like what you know what are my goals and what do i want to accomplish and so edelman's telling the story and this is early in his his career and early i guess so to speak in tom brady's career and they he went to wherever tom brady lives you know i don't know if his you know permanent residence is in new england when he was playing there i know he's a california guy and he went to the university of michigan but i don't know i believe this this the way the story was told it seemed like they were out in california so edelman goes to train in california with tom brady And as they're, you know, getting ready to train, maybe it's the first day they're at Tom Brady's house. They go down to his gym and they're going to start throwing weights around. Or as some of my friends uh, that are in the weight, uh, you know, in the weight room, they say, hey, I'm just spending my day picking things up and putting them down. So they go to this room where they pick things up and put them down, um, you know, for a couple hours. Right. And on his board, dry erase board, Tom Brady at his house in his weight room has written down a date and a location and it's March. So they're working out in March. So season's over January, February. I don't know how they did the year, you know, you know, months before, I don't know if they won a Super Bowl or whatever it might be. I'm guessing they may have, right. So they're, you know, a month or two removed they're back in March and they're in the basement and on this dry erase board is a location and a date. And I don't know the exact location or what it said. Right. And, and I don't know the exact date. Right. And then, but Edelman said, why do you have that up there? What is that? What is that? And he said in 11 months, that's where I'm going to be. That is the location and the date of the next Super Bowl. And it's up there to remind me what I'm working towards. That that is where I will be in 11 months and why this is worth it and why I'm working and what my goals are, where I expect to be. Paraphrasing a little bit, right? So, like, that was really good, right? And there's, there's, there's a podcast right there just with that. But then he goes on to say, because I know that he this was earlier in Brady's career, because Edelman says, like, we're going to get you to Montana. We're going to get you to pass Montana. And Joe Montana is a legendary quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, won four Super Bowls. And at this point, Brady had not passed Montana. So he's sitting around one, two or three. And Brady looks at him and he says with those steely blue eyes that Brady has is what Edelman says, right? And he looks at him and says, I'm not interested in Montana. I'm chasing Jordan, meaning I'm chasing Michael Jordan. Different sport, different athlete, different game of different champion, like whatever, it's all different. But he is driven by, you know, very serious in March, Early in his career, let's just say for the sake of argument, he's got three, three championships. And he says, yeah, one more gets me to Montana. Or maybe he's at four and one more passes Montana. And he says, I'm not interested in Montana. I'm not interested in four. I'm interested in Jordan. And Jordan had six. Six NBA championships, two different three-peats that Jordan had. You know, I think he had a three-peat, took two years off, ran another three-peat. Won six championships. That seems to be what people chase. Even though um, Russell has eleven, I believe ten or eleven, right? So, like that, there's a podcast right there, right? Of like, yeah, my, my these are my goals in the short term. This is where I expect to be in ten months, and this is what I'm working towards. Why I'm waking up now. You could also say it's a podcast of, man, shit. He's only two two months, a month and a half removed from possibly the Super Bowl. Like he, he may have won that already in January or February, and now it's March, and he's training again for the next season. Like March, April, May. That's what Edelman said. He said it's March, and on his dry race board is where he expects to be next and the work that he has to put in and his focus and why. Why he's doing it. Why he's down there early. Why he's there late. Why he's putting in the grind. Why, now, he had many years to go. And now he's kind of on the tail, obviously, on the tail end of his career with, uh, you know, probably only a year or two left. But I thought that was impactful to me. And I've worked at places. And actually where I, I work at a place. Right. And I I my former um, boss, who's no longer on the, with the company, was a great guy. And I remember having conversations with with him and some other people. Right. But the conversations were. Like you you should always want to be great. You should always want to be a part of something great. You should always have this feeling of I'm at a special place with special people doing special things, building special products and giving a lot of purpose and meaning to what you're doing. Right. There can't be anything worse than than dreading where you're going, who you're working with, the products you're building, the customers you have, like where you're just like grinding it and treading water, not grinding in a good way, but just not fulfilled. Right. Not fulfilled. And I just kind of don't roll that way. Even if where we're at isn't great. Even if culture, environment, teams, product, you know, process, even if all that's not great. Like I'm not going to be around an organization that doesn't have a, a full commitment and passion and interest in being great and getting to the next level. Like that doesn't interest me that much. And so the idea is, or the, or the comment is, I always talk about being great. What's our next level of greatness? What, how can we make this better? What do we need to do? Like, I'm not interested in saying we're the fifth best company in our field or in our industry. Like, I'd be sitting around saying, hey, we've got some things to do here. There are things that we have to, like, even the basketball program that I work with now. We're okay. We're good. Now, there's a huge tradition, huge tradition with the the program that I help out at huge tradition. Right. Um, and we've got a ways to go. So you sit there and say like, we're good. We're not great. We're not sitting around like number one in the state and shaking everybody's boots. So how do you kind of, you, you build that. So you sit there and say, Hey, this is where we want to get to. This is what it l- will look like. This is what we, uh, what greatness would look like for us. And this is what we can do in terms of the culture, the environment, attracting talent, you know, um, and, and winning games and, and, and strategy and X's and O's and all that sort of stuff. Right. So you can do all that. And but you would never sit there and just say, hey, let's just let's just figure out how to just be OK this year or, or like let's just be average." like it's OK. It's OK to be average. Right. And you're 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 never going to just like essentially win 30 games every year. Right? You're going to have your things, but are you still winning when you're losing? Are you still developing the, the, the program and the project? Are you still driven by greatness and building a program and building an organization and building a team professionally? So you're sitting there saying, well, what's elite? Who is it if you're building a company? In your industry, who is it? Who in your position? Who has teams like yours where you could sit there and say, This is what this is where we have to get to, and then we have to exceed it. Well, right now, we're only like we're not even good right now. So, this was the comment that came back to me quit talking about being great because we're not even good. Quit talking about being great because right now we're not even good. And I always struggled with that. I always struggled with that because. Let's carve out what great looks like. Let's take the steps necessary to move us forward, get to the next level of greatness, and let's not be shy or apologetic about us trying to be the best that we can be, the best company we can be, the best teams we can be, the best sales team, the best shoe salesman, car salesman, whatever. And let's be committed to moving everybody forward and getting there, right? Like, I, I don't know why we, we would sit there and say, like, that is so far off. And let's just, for the next two years, focus on just being good. Let's just, like, like that, 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 that mindset would just never intersect with me of uh, building teams, building inspiration, building motivation, having people wake up every single day being excited about and telling people, this is what this is going to look like. This is how it's going to feel. This is the results that we're going to get, right? There's a great uh, podcast I listened to the past day or so where it was just talking about, you know, same behavior, same habits, same results. This is a results-driven world and professionally. And if you're just sitting around with the same behaviors, the same habits, the same routines, the same rituals, the same conversations, the same gossip, and we're not moving forward to greatness, then we will always get the same results, right? So for Tom Brady to sit there very young in his career, like that's just what elite people do. Like the more I think about it and the more I paint this picture of what we do professionally, of what we do professionally, to just sit there and say, and then you as a leader to just say, let's just do this or let what? Hey, you know what? All I, you know, one's good enough. What if Tom Brady's just like, hey, just one? I got my one. Cool. Instead of sitting around saying, hey, you know what? I've got one, two, or three. And to sit there and say, you know what would be really good? Man, if I could pass Montana, and that would be unbelievable. And it was unbelievable, and he did it. And there's. You pass Montana now. He's the conversation of being the greatest ever, 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 just by doing that. If that's all he did, if that is all he did was get to five, then he's the greatest ever. But it wasn't good enough for him, and he's training with his buddy, and he looks at him and he's dead serious, and he says, "I'm here. To, I'm I'm chasing Jordan." And now he's like, well, no, like, I can't imagine ever seeing that again. I don't know how good Burrow and and Mahomes are to be able to get to seven or eight of those suckers, right? I bet you they, I bet you those elite guys, those elite guys sit there. I bet you Mahomes, I don't know how many he has. I think he has just one, but he's maybe been there twice, twice to the Super Bowl. He's got one. Man, he's got six more to go. That's crazy. But He's such an elite guy. Maybe that's what he's saying. I'll catch Tom. I'll catch Tom. I'll catch him. I'll catch Brady. Right? But I think those elite guys, and I think you as a leader, you know, I'm I'm speaking to myself, right? To sit there and say, like, this is what this, to get different results, we've got to get, have different behaviors, different habits, different routines or rituals and all that sort of stuff, right? Um, We have to be so I, th- I thought that was really impactful to me, listening to Edelman tell that story about Brady. Um, and that was the kind of the main thing that I, that I wanted to hit on was just like you, you as a leader, now to turn it back to more, uh, to obviously the, the professional world, right? Is for you all to sit there and to, to set big, you know, big crazy goals for you and your team. For the next five years, we're doing great things. We're selling this. We're, we're the head of this. We've got the best property. We've got the best, you know, the best, you know, um, you know, the best company or whatever it might be, the, the best department. And that's cool. Now, how can we bring more in? How can we sell that across the company? How can we take on more responsibility? How can we have this level of impact here and other places? How can we get people to really think about what greatness looks like? And how can we create an environment where it's okay to say it? How can you create an environment where it's okay to say it where nobody laughs at you? Or people above you say, quit saying it. Quit saying it. That was pretty much verbatim to me. Quit saying it. Well, I'm not I'm not going to be apologetic about greatness. So if you're listening to this and you're, you know, this... You know entrepreneur that's getting a team going or getting a company going or all that like don't have, don't don't like don't be apologetic about it don't be apologetic about trying to be great now you can't be the player that i've mentioned a few times before where you talk every single day about being in the nba and you're six eight and you're athletic and you can dunk it with ease and you think that's cool and you talk about how you're going to be in the nba one day but you're never you don't you don't work hard at practice, you don't go to the weight room, you don't do personal training, you're not getting 5 600 shots up a day, you're not academically sound, you're spending more time playing video like so Gary V, who I listen to a lot, says you can't be delusional. Man, you need to have crazy confidence. You need to have crazy goals. You need to have crazy ambition, but you can't be delusional. So the point Gary V makes with his kid who's five, five, like, yeah, son, you're never going to be able to dunk it. I'm not going to sit here and say, you can do everything. You're never going to be able to dunk it because we're not going to create delusion. Right. And you have to be able to deal with that. So you, you, you have, you, you want to have that mindset with your teams. Right. I, I had a great, uh, I had a great conversation about an hour or so ago with somebody I work with. Right. And here's the difference. Right. And, and just to kind of share this and it is a, a kind of a pat on, on, a, on my own back. Right. And but it's a great point because it's not it's not really on me, even though it was about me. If that's the, that kind of makes sense. It's 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 not about me, even though it was said to me, an uh, acknowledgement of me. Right. We had a really important meeting yesterday and uh, this gentleman ran this meeting. Um, I found it to be an important meeting, and it was really well done by him. He's super smart, super articulate, super knowledgeable, um, a, a great um, a, a great worker in that he listens to everybody and he le- hears and he understands the, the subject matter, he understands documents and all the regulations that we deal with, like he's really, really good. Right. And we were in this important meeting with some management and it went really well, really well. He facilitated it great and was really happy that he was there and happy that he was doing it. right. And then right afterwards, publicly. You know, uh, we were on a a chat thread with everybody that was there and we just kind of acknowledged. I acknowledged him. I was like, man, hey, you did a great job on this really great and said some things then in a later meeting about how well he did, like just the acknowledgement. And it wasn't unauthentic. But you've got to have a value of acknowledgement and encouragement and uplifting. You're trying to create behaviors that build greatness and get you to the next level. You're trying to build behaviors and habits that get you to your next level of greatness as a company to achieve and move you towards your huge goals to be the best. And don't apologize for wanting to be the best in your industry, the best in your company. When I started where I'm currently at, There was a team that needed help and I looked at them the first day and I told them this will be the best team in the company and people will sit in here to watch you work and I was laughed at, laughed at, third, fourth, fifth day on the job, sat there and four months later, people flew in or happened to be and they didn't fly in specifically for this, not to paint it that way people sat and watched them work. They watched them plan. They watched them communicate. They watched them get work done. They watched them problem solve. And they all did it. And I caught it. And I was like, this is great. So don't apologize for it. Move your people towards greatness. Sit there and say, I'm not chasing. I'm not chasing Yahoo. I'm chasing Google. Because with a little work, And some of the right people and hopefully some enhanced process will beat Yahoo. But I'm chasing this. And then you got to lead, you got to coach, you got to inspire. But to back to this point of this acknowledgement that we had, like you just build that that culture, that environment of acknowledgement and recognition and appreciation. To do great things. We need this guy. He's that good. And we can't lose people because you can't lose great people. So make them feel good and make it be authentic because we really do value them. So I'm on the phone with them a little bit ago and we just talk and I brought it back up. Hey, you were really good yesterday. Thought that was great. Talked to, I was just in another meeting with a one-on-one and I brought you, I brought up the, the meeting we were in and the value of the meeting and how successful the meeting was and then how great you were. And I did it with this person and he's like, whoa, thank you. And then he he paused and he said, thank you so much for the leadership that you bring, the coaching that you bring to everybody. Thank you. We're changing this place. We're getting this place better. We're getting it to its next level of greatness. He didn't say that, but that's what he was saying. We're doing these things. So get everybody on. And I appreciate that. It's not a pat on my back, but it's this idea of like you what are the values that you want to bring to the organization the team and your people and then just do it and be authentic with it if that's not if i'm a hard ass and if i'm a jerk and if nobody likes me and i want to rule with an iron fist and i want to be a dictator and i don't want like that like, like i'm sorry that's who i am i shouldn't be in this position to lead an organization and do or lead teams and all that if i'm just an ass but man if i really care about people and i really understand and can listen to them and can problem solve with them. And everybody wants to be great to a certain extent. They just don't know how great they can be. So carve that out for them, right? And, uh, and then get people to believe in, in, in the things that you're kind of talking about. So that was just an acknowledgement. I, I sat there and said, that's not on me. I, I mean, that's cool, right? That's cool. But it's not really on me. It's the idea of the language is changing. And then I asked him, I was like, what'd you think of that meeting? Like I, you did a great job. You know, we got done what we needed to get done, but tell me about how you felt about that meeting. I asked him that, like, how'd you feel about it? And then he, he didn't really go gave, give me the answer I was hunting for. And it, the answer he gave wasn't that it was a bad answer, but what he, what I circled back to, I was like, it's the first meeting like that, that I have felt in a while where we had this larger audience, we had some management people, and we really all felt connected, that we all felt we were teammates, that we were all working towards the same outcome, that there wasn't ego or uh, you know, a land grab. And he agreed, he was like, you know what, you're right. I was like, remember when this happened. Remember when this happened. Remember when this happened. Remember the feedback that you got and the problem solving you got and that it wasn't an attack on you, your preparation, the document or anything. It was just a perspective to make it better for us. For us. You're right. It was different. It felt like we were a part of a team. Like, yes. And it was because you facilitated it really well. And because of the manner in which you present And the organization you had with x that's why it felt that way right and and maybe we're having an impact in terms of some of this stuff it was great right but so i mean that's kind of around about you know kind of off the rails a little bit in terms of just carving out these big goals um but i will always i'll remember that conversation that they had the other thing to bring up and i'm i'm on my clock here i got 15 minutes left trying to keep these to 40 minutes The other podcast, it was the same podcast, different guest, right? So Edelman was talking about Tom Brady and chasing Jordan, which is a great phrase, which which is great. Like if I were, um, you know, if you're looking for a public speaker or, or you have an event or a keynote speaker, you want me to come talk to your company or whatever it is, you might hear that story again. Because that's a really good story of greatness and being unapologetic and just getting after it and setting high goals and say, you know what I'm chasing? I'm chasing this. The second thing I heard was an interview he had that Edelman and this other guy had for, on this podcast. They had an interview with uh, Shane Battier, Duke guy, played for the Miami Heat. He may have played for some other people, right? So here's the story he tells. I'll tell it really fast and then we'll get to the guts of it and why I think it's a valuable lesson. He, he's telling a story to these guys, and he tells the story of being, I don't know what year it was. They were in the playoffs, NBA playoffs, and they're playing in the Eastern Conference Finals. I do not He didn't say who it was against, but he said he was in the worst shooting slump of his life, never shot the ball worse of his life, including youth, youth sport, high school sport, and his years at Duke. Worst he's ever shot the ball. And, you know, just an offer, for offer, for 0 for and all that. And he's putting in the work, right? But they go to game seven, Eastern Conference Finals. Eastern Conference Finals, game seven. And he goes up to the coach and he says, hey, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I know I haven't been hitting shots. I am built. I am built for game sevens. It's what I've prepared for. You can count on me. I will be there, et cetera. So game seven starts, he says, Eastern Conference Finals and doesn't play in the first quarter doesn't play second quarter roll into halftime no third quarter and he says in the fourth quarter i'm still wearing my warmups and i don't get in and he said kind of he may have said this first time that he in his career in his life maybe the playoffs i have no idea right that he has a dnp next to his name on the box score did not play coach's decision so he didn't get in first time ever he said Went out, had some drinks, sat with his wife, and they talked about being washed is the phrase that people use. That I'm washed. Like, this isn't going to work. I'm done. I'm done. I'm older in my career and all that. So he was down. Got his first DNP. Didn't play. Now, but they won. They won game seven. So now, and he's playing with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and all these guys. And Then he goes to the finals, the NBA finals, to win a championship. Maybe he doesn't play in game one or two. Game three, he gets in, hits a three. Game four, hits a three. Game five, game six. Game six, he said he hit three threes. So now he's got to roll a little bit. Now your playing time goes up. People like, you're in a rhythm. Like, let's go. So he plays. Game seven. First five shots. First first five shots, five threes in a row. Five for five. Ends up, he said, finishing six for eight. Game 7 NBA Finals 6 for 8 18 points wins the NBA championship with LeBron. It's a cool story. It's a cool story. There's a lot to take there though. And the uh, takeaway for me is this. Right? Is that you you bad things are going to happen. You're going to go over. You're going to miss shots. You're going to miss sales. You're going to miss opportunities you're going to do all that sort of stuff and it's going to suck and you're going to be down and you're going to go out with your wife or your spouse and you're going to have drinks and you're going to say it's over. Got to find something else. I'm not good enough. I'm washed. I am washed. And you've got to figure out how in a short amount of time, meaning for him going from that feeling of being washed and not being good enough and being down and getting your first DMP to four days later, five days later, killing it and being counted on and having the finals career of your life and winning an NBA championship. How you go from that bottom to that top, how the bottom can't hold you down, that you've just got to sit there and say, yeah, this I'm washed. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not resourceful enough. Didn't go to the right high school. Didn't go to the right college. Don't have the right job. Don't have the right people around me, blah, blah, blah. Instead of Figuring out what your greatness is instead of making excuses and not being, uh, and finding your way out. Right. They needed him. They won an NBA championship and he contributed to that and he was valuable at that. But he didn't let him get he, the point is, he did not let that opportunity get him down. You've got to put in so much work. So much work. And it boils down to the last episode or two episodes ago where we, Spent a fair amount of time talking about confidence. Those that work the hardest are the last to surrender. Those that work the hardest are the last to surrender. So if you got your first DMP, if you didn't get your sale, if you're not getting the clients you want, if the customers aren't coming through the front door to work out for you, if they're leaving bad, if you're getting bad reviews and all that sort of stuff, the work you put in, the hard work you put in, you'll be the last to surrender. So you'll keep grinding. You'll keep thinking. You've got to keep sitting with your goals and saying, I know how this ends. I know what this looks like. I am chasing Jordan. I'm chasing Jordan. And I'm going to lose games. I may not make a Super Bowl. I may go two years without winning a Super Bowl. But I'm chasing Jordan. And so I may hit the bottom. It may be the worst. I may not think I'm good enough. But I know the work I'm putting in on March with Jordan a dry erase board that says Tampa Bay, January 31st, whatever year that I'm working towards that, I'm going to be the last to surrender. So when things go sideways and bad and we go on a three game losing streak, or I don't get sell cars for four or five days in a row, or the customers aren't coming through the doors to work out that I know I've put my work in because I know how this looks like. And I know I'm going to be in Tampa on January 31st and I know that I deserve it. So the other thing about all this we tell the athletes that we work with and i tell the teams that i work with man we've got to deserve it we've got to deserve greatness we've got to deserve the next level we've got to deserve whoever the nike is or the google is or the apple is in your industry you've got to deserve to be better than them even if you're a two-man shop you've got to deserve to be better than them and in the work you're putting in and the confidence you're building by your, in in yourself and the execution you have on a daily basis. And then the work that you have with one another and the confidence and the patience and the things we've talked about with one another, the processes that you have in place, the culture you have to sit there and say, we are the best. Well, shit. Google's got 10, 20, 30, 40,000 people, whatever it might be. Right. And we've got fifty. Or whatever industry you're in, it doesn't matter. We're the best. We're the best. And we're going to create these opportunities. And we're going to deserve it. So when we we are up there, we know that we deserve our greatness. So you can't sit. And we've talked about this. And get prepared when the opportunity presents itself. Brady's working out in March with Edelman. Probably going as hard as they possibly can. So when that opportunity comes the next January to be in a Super Bowl or a championship game, it's the same thing with Shane Battier. I'm going to prepare. So when that opportunity, I'm going to keep shooting. I'm going to keep waking up. I'm going to be the last to surrender because I've worked hard. I'm going to deserve the opportunity when the coach looks down the bench and gives me an opportunity. I'm going to be prepared because I can't all of a sudden say, oh, shit, coach called my name. Sales manager called my name. I've got to take this important phone call. I need to go meet with these investors. I need to go meet with this CEO. No, I'm already ready. Like this doesn't phase me. Like I've been ready for this. You know, it's, it's Rudy walking out of the tunnel at Notre Dame and a guy slapping him on the helmet saying, you ready for this? And him looking up and him saying, I've been ready for this my whole life. I've suffered, I've sacrificed, I've prepared. And now the opportunity is there to run out of the tunnel. And I'm ready for this my whole life. So A was ready. Brady was getting himself ready. And they were all doing that to get to their next level of greatness. And the best thing about all that is Brady's sitting around saying, I'm chasing Jordan. Not chasing Montana. I'm interested in being the greatest of all time in any sport. And it's a daily grind. It's March 17th in California in a weight room working out when nobody's around and it's just me and another dude. We're going to do it. What do you, uh, I guess the phrase that uh, Alan Stein uses, he's been on our old podcast is the unseen hours, right? Those unseen hours, like you've got to be able to be in a gym shooting the basketball with nobody there until you, so you can finally make those shots in front of 18,000 people. You gotta be there. I have a great picture that I took. It's a great picture to me. It's a great picture to me. My son loves basketball for those that uh both my sons uh, love basketball. And we're sitting uh we got in the gym at 5 30 a.m. And we're sitting in the gym and he's tying his shoes and the bleachers are out, and we're just gonna be shooting on one hoop. 5 30 a.m. And he's putting his shoes on, he's hunched over. And I took a picture of him with the grandstands, empty, 5 a.m., 5.30 a.m., empty. Only him tying his shoes, two basketballs by his feet, ready to work out. And I'm like, that's a great picture. You've got to be willing to do it when nobody's there. You've got to put in your time at 5.30 a.m. You've got to do it in March when when the reward isn't for another 10 months. And how you can sell that. So those two things really impacted me. It's a cool little podcast on YouTube. I believe it was called uh, Games with Names or Names with Games, something like that. And it was with uh, Julian Edelman and somebody else. It was really well done. Great interviews, great guests. And I I saw some of the YouTube shorts that were really good. Um, And we're gonna wrap this up. But listen, I appreciate again, and hopefully this hits you a little bit. It was really impactful for me listening to that stuff and reframing like, don't, apologize for ever trying to be great don't ever apologize for having a strategy and a mission and a vision for where you your team i'm not talking an athletic team your professional team to be whatever it is right the the, the phrase that i've used before is hey just be be the best one in the house be the best one on the street be the best one in the subdivision be the best one in the little, you know, five mile radius community, be the best one in the city, be the best one in the area code, be like, just keep moving, just keep grinding. So if you have a team, hey, I just want to have the best team in the company or our department. And people will notice like, man, they're killing it. They're crushing it. And what if all our teams were like that? What if like, yeah, we can do this. And then if you're in that position saying, Hey, I'm taking this team to the next level. We're going to take all these teams. We, we are going to take all these teams. And then we are going to take this company. Like I said, around am a global company, global company, we should be the best. We should be the best. We should figure out what it takes to be the best. We should take and figure out who the best competitors are. If you're sitting around and you are, you know, um, the Houston Rockets of the NBA and you're sitting around talking about trying to be, you know, whomever the best is right now, right? The Milwaukee Bucks or whatever. It's okay to think that. You don't want anybody to sit there and say, man, why can't, why we should just figure out how to be as good as the Timberwolves up in Minnesota. Well, shit, you can do that. Like, let's go, let's figure out what the best is. What do we need to do? That's what I would be focused on. Right? So listen, uh, appreciate it. If you made it this far, if you could listen, uh, if you could share this, I post a fair amount on LinkedIn and Twitter, um, putting myself out there a little bit more. I keep you know hearing so much about just judgment, you know, and people judging you and just getting over. It. Just get over it. Like just go be great. Just go be great. Think bigger, do bigger, be bigger, achieve more, Get after it. Move your teams, move your people, let them know you believe in them, and let them know you have the right people and that you're just going to crush it. right? Um, please connect with me on LinkedIn please connect with me on Twitter or any of that sort of stuff. And I do really appreciate all the support and any feedback you have on this uh, is always appreciated. Thank you. Have a great weekend. If you're listening to this on a Friday, thanks.